You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Welcome to this segment of Hospitality Insights. My guest today is Maria Antonia Veles. She is a culinary professional, originally from Colombia. Her family has been growing coffee for the past 200 years. And Maria, whom I met for the first time in Finland and most recently in Malta, is now opening up her own coffee house. So in fact, she is an entrepreneur for the first time. And it has been a very interesting time in, in this journey. So we'll have an opportunity to talk about her professional journey. We'll talk about the coffee, of course, about uh, the neglected heroes in coffee, and also what it is uh, to be a woman entrepreneur in a male-dominated business like food and beverage. So please welcome Maria to the show. Maria, hi. Hello, hello, finally, oh. Glad to, that glad you can, uh, we can have this discussion now and... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Maria, I just want to, I, I put as a topic, the ne- neglected heroes in coffee. And it's a really a, quite a powerful topic that you kindly agreed on. But I think it would be nice for for our live viewers. For Anyway, thank you very much for everyone who has joined in. I think we have Daniela here. Giorgio yes. is here. We have several people coming in. So this could be a great discussion. So uh, Maria, uh, Tell a little bit about your journey. Uh, we have discussed earlier what you have been doing in the past, and we have met in Finland and we have met in Malta. And I finally realized that the rich history your family has in, in coffee. But uh, uh, just share about your professional journey, what you've been doing for the, for the last year since you left Colombia. Well, uh, since I left Colombia, there's quite a lot that has happened. I actually have been in Europe for around nine years. Um, I left my sous chef job. I used to work in a large Peruvian restaurant, a high-end restaurant, and I really wanted something more that I could do with my skill set and with the things I had learned, uh, but that could also give me some quality of life because it's quite difficult, unfortunately, to have that when you work in a kitchen. So I came to Europe initially to do my master's degree studies at the Paul Bocuse Institute. And by some uh, strike of luck, stroke of luck, I I got into Hadahelia, where I met you as a project manager. And then I went to work at Paul Bocuse as the program manager for the master's degree I actually did. And afterwards, I decided to move to Malta because my husband was already here. And we were discussing what is it that I wanted to do here because the opportunities are not as wide um, as they are in the rest of uh, mainland Europe. So he told me like, why don't you try to sell coffee or something? Because as you mentioned, in my family, we have a big, tradition of growing coffee. We have been coffee growers for about 200 years. Um, The house is there since 200 years. So I spoke with my dad and he told me, 
hey, why, why don't you try not only ours, our own, but from farms around here and from very special coffee, such as one that is produced only by women on other produced by indigenous people. And I thought it was a good idea. So I started selling um, actually the coffee bags and then the idea became an actual coffee shop, which we are finishing this week, hopefully. Very good. Now, all all along, uh, you have had some successes and challenges to reach where you're going to open up this uh, very uh, amazing uh, coffee house. So, uh, what is your approach to challenges? I mean, how do you deal with uh, those tough times when you are wondering, well, is this going to work? And then you somehow turn the corner, and then you happen, then you go on again. Actually. I, to be honest, I at the beginning I freak out and I I get very anxious and so on. But then afterwards, because of the project management training I have had, I learned how to break down a big challenge into smaller tasks. Um, and it makes things very manageable. So you can start with a small task. Once you accomplish that, you feel better about yourself. Then you move on to the next one. So instead of just looking at it in the bigger picture, you start splitting it up into tiny segments. And then you realize that everything is possible if you narrow it down to the minimal. So that's that's how I approach these challenges. Very good. Uh... Any of the live viewers we have here, if you have any questions for Maria, because she's just now sharing some valuable advice that uh, uh, we all have to go through and we have a huge challenge ahead of us, uh, break it down to small manageable and create wins for yourself because then you can celebrate that little win and move on to the next thing. That's, uh, that's good. Now, coffee. I'm a passionate coffee drinker myself and... <laughs> When, when I th learned that you, are, you, have a, you have passion for coffee and it's uh, Colombian coffee, it reminds me of when I was a kid, I was watching this commercial about Colombian coffee, Juan Valdez, Valdez. I mean, I don't know anything about Colombia in the first place, but this was something that I, I saw this uh, coffee grower having the sacks of beans and on his mule, evidently delivering to somewhere. Uh, is that uh, just a brand or image, or does that is there a really real person behind this? To your knowledge? Well, Juan Valdez is a is a figure created by the National Coffee Growers Federation, but mm. that exemplifies the the actual picker, the the person, the heart of the whole business, the person who picks the bean, and the person who picks the bean is usually has a hat for the hot days and he has like this very pristine shirt because they are always like um with their nice attire and they have a mule usually because in colombia since the the terrain is very treacherous and it's difficult to navigate the only animals then that, that can go through narrow paths that are unstable are mules and yeah. often you hear that if a mule doesn't pass a road won't pass either so the mule is kind of our high standard uh, and the mule helps the pickers transport and move their loads. So it is, it is the image of the, of the picker. Okay, okay. When we talked about, uh, about the topic today, we talked about the neglected heroes. Uh, what do these coffee producers bring to the table and the importance that they have on the coffee chain? When we discussed this subject at the beginning, um, I told you 
that to me, most of the time, the idea of coffee boils down to what the roaster and the barista do. Uh, and oftentimes it are the roaster and the barista that, that take the credit. And somehow we kind of forget or don't really know where the coffee actually comes from and how much education and how much love there is behind it. Um, so the neglected heroes for me are the pickers and the people who work every day in a farm, making sure that every single bean that is put in the, in the, in the scale is worthy, is red, is a, it's, it's a healthy bean. Um, and also because this industry is quite unfair to the picker and the system in general before the bean reaches the, the roaster. Um, and it has so much work behind. There are so many people um, that are skilled actually, because in Colombia, we, we train these people, we, not me, I mean, we as in the, the Federation of Coffee Growers, um, these people are trained, they are educated, you can stop any picker and ask him or her about quality and they are going to reply to you with, with knowledge. So for me, those are the unsung heroes, the neglected heroes of the business. Mm. Well, I'm glad you bring it up because I think... Uh... There, there are uh, people, including myself, who are, uh, we, are I, we always see these uh, uh, baristas, we saw, saw the advertisement of the small roasteries, and these are the, the images and the marketing that is being spun off. But uh, you are so right, we are forgetting really uh, who are the ones who are actually picking the bean and who are choosing the, the best quality. And I think so, I think it's very nice of you to bring it up now. And I think this is something that uh, uh, we can always le learn from. What, what, what makes a Colombia coffee, coffee, especially uh, the Arabica, unique? What, what makes it special and unique? Well, it's good you mentioned because we only grow Arabica in Colombia. We have our own sub-varieties. We have even our own variety called the Colombia variety. Uh, but what makes it special is several things. We have all of the, all, all of the floors from beach to, to snowy peak. So every thermic floor gives it a distinct, um, profile. We also have very rich volcanic soils. So the coffee is very well nurtured. And the most important aspect is how the coffee is picked and gathered. Uh, besides the plant being there and having good conditions and we have like, not this year, unfortunately, but usually we have good weather. Uh, so we, you know that as in wine, the, the higher the temperature, the sweeter the, the fruit. But other than that, and something that is very special in Colombian coffee is that it's always hand picked, picked, always. Um, we don't use machines, machines, uh, damage the plant and it's picked by hand and uh, it's also um, picked only red and yellow so okay. green beans are not accepted they are usually going to be refused because they yield uh, defects in the cup so those are the things that make it special also I would like to mention that in Colombia with the Coffee Grower Federation, we have this system where they give the farmer tools and knowledge so that they can produce the best cup that they have. They have 
coppers, they have roasters, they have technicians that go to farms, they assess the quality of your floor, they tell you whether the, the, the floor is good, whether it needs some more nutrients. They have all sort of a huge support system behind so that even if you have a block of land, you can, you can profit from this help. Okay. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, quality? I, I heard something about Supremo. Is that a, a grade of, of beans? Supremo? Supremo? Does it well, usually we have two qualities, mm. which is one is, as you, you call it that, or you can call it like um, export quality. Okay. And then we have what we call pasilla, which is grains that are defective, that have some sort of um that have had bugs or something because we have little critters that sometimes affect the quality of our coffee but um the excelsior the premium that you that you export usually has no defects it's uh, 98 to 100 percent pure red and yellow beans it has been like sometimes selected by hand so what you get from 100% Colombian coffee is always, always a high quality cup. Okay. Let's move over to your exciting project, the coffee house in Malta. Uh, what is the purpose of your concept and why, why is it different to any other coffee house that is, which is open up in Malta at the moment? What does it offer? Well, normally in other cities in, in Europe, there wouldn't be this much of a, of a hype. I would say, because other cities in Europe are oftentimes more exposed to specialty coffees. But on the island in Malta, there aren't that many uh, places where you can get specialty coffee. So my idea is to bring a little bit of the place that I grew up in, that farm, that the ambience to, of being inside of a, of a coffee farm, of being inside the trees, the peace that you breathe there, the, the quiet that you, that you have around there, the moment where you share with your family and with your friends. That is not a super refined place, but it's a place where you, you can actually gather yourself. And the coffee is imported by yourselves, uh, has been selected in Colombia, has been carefully chosen by the person that we have there, which in this case is my father. So I wanted to show everybody else where I grew up in and how, how cool it is. Wow, I, I'm so impressed about this idea because I think when most of the time these hip coffee houses, you have this music going on, you have lots of merchandise going on, but you're bringing really the, 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 the from your roots into this and the, and the passion from your roots into to this coffee house. That's that's really nice, Maria. I'm really, really, I can't wait to see Thank it one you. of these days. Yeah. Thank it, you, Sam. To tell a little bit, uh, anything, uh, the cups or anything that you are, uh, what are you using for material, uh, etc. What do you serve your coffee in? You mentioned. Well, uh, because of, of, of where it's located, obviously I cannot be super disruptive and have everybody drink filtered coffee because is that that's completely out of, out of scope. But we are using different methods so the customer can choose uh, the method that they can use. So we have a French press, we have AeroPress, we have the traditional espresso machine, 
and we have filter coffee. And the filter coffee, we have had artisans from Colombia, from a place called Carmen de Vigoral, which is very famous for the, the china, the hand-painted china that they do. Uh, we had them make these filters. Uh, so every time that you drink uh, um, a filtered coffee from us, it's going to be made also in a filter that was made in Colombia, hand-painted in Colombia. So that's that's the way we envision it happening. I think I would go for that, definitely. Thank <laughs> yes, you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when are, you, when are you opening? I know you're very busy finishing up the, the house, coffee house and what's the, what's the plan when, when are you serving the, when, when can the first customer come in? No, I was looking at my arms because I'm full of paint. We have been <laughs> painting the walls now, uh, but we hope we will be able to open by the 8th of July. If anything happens, because here there's a little bit of bureaucracy to go through. Yeah. So if we go through that last hurdle, the last permit, we will be able to open by the 8th of July. Fantastic. Well, anyone who is in Malta or Malta uh, or planning on going there, uh, at the end of this uh, uh, segment, we will share where you can find uh, Maria's Coffee House uh, when you go to Malta. Uh, you, you, let's talk about uh, the entrepreneurship. There's always some issues about uh, women entrepreneurs in the male-dominated uh, uh, business. Uh, uh, can you talk about a little bit what is it like to be a woman entrepreneur in this uh, society, uh, in this area where you are, we've been working on? As, as, I, as I mentioned previously, um, the food and beverage industry is very heavily male dominated and the culinary world is also very macho and is this macho culture of like uh, uh, withstanding long hours and I'm like the, the best chef because I scream and I yell and that kind of has permeated the whole, the whole culinary atmosphere and when you try to do something that is when you're a minority in this male-dominated world, most of the time what has happened to us uh, is that people don't take us seriously. I have a business partner I brought, uh, not brought, like she came with me. She worked with me at the Institut Paul Bocuse and she's going to be the pastry chef. So it's a, it's a fully woman-owned business. So most of the time they don't take you seriously. They think that you're playing like tea time. So they don't send you the contracts. They simply just don't show up. They are just, they think that you're not taking things seriously or that you're not capable of doing stuff. Um, we have had several comments about like um, being, from being able to lift stuff to being able to, to be there for long periods of time. It's, it's quite difficult because uh, sometimes still women are perceived to be weaker and less capable so that's what we have had to face yeah i think it's really really sad that in the 21st century we still have to talk about this it's really sad um, it's crazy. yeah crazy but uh, i just want to then maybe on the other side what is makes it a rewarding uh, just on the positive side that uh, what makes it rewarding i mean you're now entrepreneur instead of being uh, 
uh, a program director of of, of a education or or a university. Even if it if it was a program director, because when I was there, I there are two things, or there is one main thing that you always get to see, and it's the human connection, making human connections and having people connect to your idea or connect to you um, in a human way. Mm, our, our experience now, even though we haven't opened, is that you get to meet your neighbors and they get to meet you and they get to see someone who is attempting to do something good around them. They get very excited. They always pass by. They say hello. And with the students was the same thing. You get to see and meet people at the human level and you get to listen to their questions. You get to, if you, if you can, you can help them. So that's impacting in a very small way, even in a very small scale, your your community. That's that's the most rewarding part. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine that. And do you have you noticed? I mean, there's some sort of a harassment because you're because you're a woman entrepreneur. That there is an harassment going on that trying to discourage uh, to create success for yourself. It's mostly like verbal because mm. they are trying to to measure your response and to yeah. see how far they can push. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, this business makes you become rougher and makes you become a little bit more aggressive, if you want to call it. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, uh, like, like locking horns with, with another person. That's, mm. that's unfortunate, but that's the way you have to do it. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, there will be people viewing this uh, episode uh, for a video live and also since it's going to be uh, on my account. So uh, can you give some advice uh, to any, any women who would like to, or aspiring women entrepreneurs? What, are the, what is the advice you'd like to give them? My advice would be reach out to other women. Because we often have a unique perspective of what it is to to do stuff in our way. I reached out. I had the the, the gigantic luck of having a Colombian woman being here who owns three businesses, and she na mm. helped me navigate a lot to what I had to do. And without her, Susanna from the Red Parrot, hey, thank you so much, Susanna O'Dwyer. She helped me with a lot of stuff that I could have never been able to do by myself, or at least it would be very difficult to figure out by myself. And also she gave me the perspective about how to deal with people and how difficult it was gonna be. And yeah, whatever, what she told me all became true. So yes, reach out, reach out, ask questions. Um, most people, most entrepreneurs are very happy to help, very happy to reply to queries. Um, so. Just reach out. Don't try to do everything by yourself because you're never going to be able. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I'll, I'll be joining as a mentor now in the autumn for uh, women entrepreneur, uh, immigrant women entrepreneurs. So it's a program that I'm part of. Uh, so that's I'm trying in a small way also to to for people who are moving into to Finland. 
and women entrepreneurs. Oh, that's wonderful. What a yeah. great idea. Mm. So I've been doing that uh, for some time and uh, we are starting up a new program. We have noticed that there's more and more uh, immigrant, women immigrants who are, uh, who are start forming their own startups, their own businesses, whatever it is. And, uh, and then we decided, okay, well, let's see what we can do to help them out in, in, in a way to, to navigate through this uh, sometimes some jungle of bureaucracy or just the practical advice how to go buy things. So uh, or pro provide just sort of support in the sense of that uh, and, and somebody they can listen who will listen to their uh, problems and also maybe find a solution to them that they don't know how to fix. So that's what we're doing over here. That's, that's a wonderful idea. And the more financially independent you make women, the stronger the society is. Yeah. There's new, there's new fresh ideas. There are different perspectives. You're involving a, an important part of the of, of society there directly. Yeah. So Excellent. I'm yeah. really happy that you're doing this. Thank you, thank you. Oh, great! I mean, uh, isn't it wonderful? We finally got able to go through, uh, reach each other here live uh, on uh, on Instagram, and we had several people have been coming in and leaving, and I'm sure they were catching up on this uh, conversation. Uh, later on. Uh, if there's anyone who's here now uh, would like to ask Maria a question, just to post them in the comments and I'm, I will make sure I will read them out for you. For you. And uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, what else could we talk about? Coffee, coffee, coffee. I like to, I always talk, to, I like to talk about coffee. How many cups do you drink a day? Oof. <laughs> I make a full jar. So if it's 10, that's probably it. But that I learned in Helsinki. Hey, you guys are pretty good at drinking coffee. Yeah, I think we are pretty good. I mean, it's not uh, sometimes not always the quality, but it's the quantity that we. we oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I I consume just a couple of cups, and I like to make it the best cup possible because because I like to sip on it and really enjoy it uh, as a special moment of the day. Yeah, definitely. There's a there is a huge ritual around around a coffee cup that that's often forgotten because we're always in a rush and we think that's just fuel but yeah. there's that there's that ritual that i want to bring back oh we got the question oh. here oh Is yeah it, oh how long does it take the coffee to get from colombia to malta any special packaging Oof. well that's that's a tricky question uh malta is not a primary port in europe so it takes a long time to get stuff here. Um, it has to go to one of the countries in mainland Europe and then it comes here. And because after COVID, the transportation has experienced, the tra yeah, transport industry has experienced a lot of disruptions, then the time has increased quite a lot. Um, we have been bringing our coffee uh, via, uh, via air. So it takes less but it's still a good week while you liberate it from customs and, and, and so on. But I would say that if you're lucky in a boat, it takes around a month. And of course, yes, it has to, we bring it roasted because I do not have the skill set to roast here. And I don't know anybody yet who could do it for me here the way that I want it. So I bring it roasted. I am lucky enough to, to be able to do that. So yes, we have coffees with that, that come in a bag that has a valve because coffee has to degas. That's mm. 
when you roast it, it inflates and then it starts like because it releases gases and then you have to have a special packaging for the air to to leave. Okay. Okay. And how is it roasted? I mean, is it like a, a medium roast or a dark roast? In Colombia, we usually do medium. It's yeah. kind of the best way to, to express the attributes of the bean. Mm, but that depends really on, on, on individual taste. I know that you in Finland, you like it very, very dark. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it really depends on, on taste. Mm, okay, good. Yeah. All right, glad we had we had a very good question here for you. I'm glad it came up in this discussion. Perfect, thank yeah. you. All right, Maria, I'd like to thank you. It was very nice to have a chat with you, and uh, uh, let's keep in touch. And I wish you all the best with your new venture, and uh, can't wait to hear how things are going for you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website b8bhospitality.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.